This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. A name you know who's in the know. It's the Cindy Adams Show, 77 WABC. It's me, Cindy, Madam Adams, back again. Now, I am about to give you the biggest, the hottest, the most listened to, the highest rated program on WABC radio, or maybe any radio. It's the longtime morning 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. program, Bernie and Sid. They've been on since Lincoln was clean-shaven, and everyone listens to them. They actually had me on their air this week, and since I love them and I listen to them, I wanted to interview them. They were good enough to say they'd come on. So I'm going to be speaking now to Sid Rosenberg, the famous Sid of radio's number one morning show, WABC's Bernie and Sid. So now, Sid, since you're on with me, and since this is the big time, I mean, don't be nervous, okay? Try to, try to, try to relax. So well, for you, real, you, 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 know, you know, you say that, and, and despite the fact that I've interviewed, like you, not nearly as many as you, but many presidents, many athletes, many celebrities, many famous people, this is the first time in my career I can honestly say I'm scared to death. Oh sure. Oh come on, you're ridiculous. Oh come on. I mean, you're. I know it's a joke. Okay. I really, I really would like to know because I don't know. How did you two guys start in the first place? Well, we have to date all the way back, Cindy, it's a good question, to 2001, when I was a, uh, a young guy in New York City. I had just been let go from WNEW-FM, a morning show in New York. I was preparing to move back to Boca Raton, Florida. But before I did, the management at WFAN Radio called me and said, wait, before you go back to Florida, we may have an opening for a sports guy on Imus in the morning. I said, Imus? Are you nuts? That guy's crazy. He's miserable. He's going to hate me. And they said, yes, all that is true. <laughs> yes, He's crazy. Yes. He's going to hate you. Yeah. But it's going to be great for your career. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And uh, as luck would have it, unfortunately, he didn't hate me. He actually liked me. And I joined the I Cast in 2001. And Bernard McGurk was a valued member. In fact, he spent 30 years as Don's executive producer. So we did on-air work together between 2001 and 2005, and then when I got fired in 2005, we remained in touch. And we always said, Cindy, one day we're going to work together. And sure enough, 11 years after I got fired in 2005, we joined forces at WABC in 2016, and the rest is history. Obviously, you're both so good and talented and work so well together, but could you do a radio program all by yourself? Yeah, that's what I did most of my career, to be honest. When I went down to Miami, I spent the better part, Cindy, of 10 years doing three different morning shows at three different radio stations alone. And I was asked in the first book that I wrote, I guess, my second book, would I rather work with somebody again? And I said, unless it's the perfect partner, I would rather not. Well, as it turns out, I do have the perfect partner in Bernard McGurk. But for folks that listen to us now, uh, Cindy, as you know, Bernard has been very sick. He is in the midst of battling stage four prostate cancer. He's about as courageous and brave as anybody I know. And he's missed basically the better part of the last three months, uh, which has had me doing solo shows basically since December here on our station. So 
It's something I had done most of my career. I'm used to doing that. I've always enjoyed doing that, given the opportunity. I'd rather work with Bernard, but I'm certainly comfortable doing shows by myself, yes. But you're now taking other people to be with you on the air. Is that not so? Yeah, I mean, we've got other producers and, and board ops and call screeners, Cindy, and, and other people uh, that, that uh, contribute to the show and hop on. I have so many great guests, people like you, every week, Bill O'Reilly and Peter King and all these folks that, you know, they seem to fill the void when Bernard is not there. So we have plenty of voices, but it's always difficult to replace your partner. That's always very okay, difficult. Okay, okay. With your sense of humor, which I have to say you have, because clearly we're not hearing it at the moment, how many people, <laughs> <laughs> which God knows, I mean, I wouldn't even mention, <laughs> how many people, how many people maybe, with your really, with your great sense of humor, are there people who maybe won't, talk to you again or, or get scared of you or something like that? Oh, because of what I said during my career on the air? Yeah. Yeah. I oh mean, I God. have oh had that. Would, would oh, you not? so many. Cindy, so many. You know, listen, being on IMIS was a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing in that I was a guy that came to New York with very little experience that nobody knew. And in a matter of three weeks, three weeks, I became topic of conversation on the Howard Stern show, Rush Limbaugh, The View, you name it, because of a faux pas I made on the air with Don Imus. So I became infamous, not famous, but infamous overnight. But with that said, 20-plus years later, people still, Cindy, hold against me what I said on the Imus show back in 2001. And it's cost me, and this is not an exaggeration, millions of dollars and tons of job opportunities. There are people who are scared to death of me because I don't lie. I don't beat around the bush. I tell you the way I feel, and people don't like that. People would rather be lied to, sugar-coated, be nice. That ain't Sid Rosenberg. So the answer is yes, in a big way. Millions of dollars, plenty of opportunities, and tons of people that are scared to death of me. Let me tell you something, Cindy. I wouldn't want it any other way. Okay. Are you allowed to, or can you say whatever the faux pas was you made? Well, yeah, it was a... It was a uh, Poor attempted humor, talking about the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena Williams. And I've, I've uh, apologized for it in my book time and time again on the air. But uh, what I did say, uh, I was asked by uh, a guy named Bud Collins. He used to cover te- uh, tennis. And he was at the French Open. And he was on with me and I missed a host of others. And he said, let me tell you something, Sydney. Not only are these Williams sisters great tennis players, they're pretty enough to be in Playboy. And I responded with, maybe National Geographic. And uh, that, was, uh, that was rough. I think that's funny. Compared to the rest of the stuff you say, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. What? You, you'd be surprised, Cindy, how many African-American people, and I mean actors, athletes, big-name people that reached out to me and said, I got to tell you, I thought that was kind of funny. Exactly the same reaction you just had, but... Yeah. but Management didn't. I was fired. I was suspended. I was in. I was in Time Magazine. I was actually at the time uh, by Time Magazine voted the worst person in the world. And this was weeks <laughs> after Milosevic killed all of his people in his own country. Listen, I would have voted. I would have voted. <laughs> okay, what time you get up in the morning, and how? With an alarm clock, you nudge your wife. How do you get up? 
You see, I set the alarm for 3.45 a.m. every morning, but I'm so scared to wake up Danielle because if you thought Lorena Bobbitt was tough, <laughs> you got something coming. So automatically, my body alarm goes off at 3.30 out of fear, not because I'm sensitive, not because I love her, not because I want to wake her up, because I'm scared to death. So I get up at 3.30 every morning instead of 3.45. I'm in the office usually by about 4.45 start preparing by 5 o'clock, and hit the airwaves at 6.05 sharp. Okay, but how does it all work? You get up, and do you have coffee? Do you have a muffin? Do you, do you take a taxi? Do you take a bus? Tell me, how does it work? I'd be terrified if I had to get up at that hour. And I am terrified, and it's awful. And people say to me all the time, Sid, you ever get used to it? And the truth is, you never do. You ever take a really good look at guys like Don Imus and Howard Stern? That's why they look like that. <laughs> you get up in the middle of the night for 20 or 30 years, you ain't going to look good. But uh, it's the same routine every day. I get up in the morning. I make a cup of coffee at my apartment in my Keurig. I take it down. I have a driver. His name is Gene, Cindy. He's a cabbie. But I call him my limo driver. He's just a cabbie that lives two blocks away. And he literally sits outside my apartment building 4.30 a.m. every day, drives me to the office. So I have my coffee in his car. We converse a little bit. I get upstairs. I meet the guys on my cast. Bernard is usually home because he can't come to work anymore since he's become ill. And I just start preparing for the show, uh, asking them for certain sound we'll use on different news events, getting the guests ready, getting the music ready, getting the bits ready. But it all starts at about 4.30 a.m. in my cab driver Gene's car with a cup of coffee and a 15-minute trip from the Upper West Side to Midtown Manhattan. Who pays for the cab? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You pay for the Me. cab, you cheapo, or do you or does WABC go for it? I need you to know, know that. No, it's a fair question. And, and the truth is, John Katsimatidis who loves you and you love him, is so good to me and so generous and pays me so handsomely oh, that I oh, pay for the oh, cab and I oh, don't mind. Oh, oh, I'm going to throw up altogether if this goes any further. I mean, really. So do you ever screw up, I mean, or goof or throw in a bad word accidentally as we all have periodically? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why, you know, most shows have a, a, uh, a delay my delay is like a minute. <laughs> Most shows are like seven to ten seconds. Yeah. Mine like a minute. But I will tell you, what I love about this station, Cindy, is that John and Margot really give me rain to pretty much say what I want. I mean, it is not a PG show in the morning. You know, there's a lot of sexual innuendo. There's a lot of words that I use that you're not going to hear on any other radio station. So they really allow me to be that kind of Brooklyn tough guy that I proposed to be when I grew up. So uh, in that respect, I very rarely get into trouble, very rarely get dumped because they know what's coming. It's predictable. They like it. And obviously the audience, they love it. Oh, listen, your story has really touched my heart. I tell you the truth. You're now <laughs> going to get a raise. Enough already with how wonderful they are. I understand that. What, what percentage of your boring four hours is pre-written in advance? Zero. What are you kidding me? Everything is off the cuff, Cindy. That's what makes me brilliant and the show brilliant. It's all. I mean, look, the guests are. Obviously, you know the night before who the guests are. So, you know, you start to prepare a little bit in your head. I don't write questions down. There's no script. This is not a TV show, which I'm in one of those or a movie. I'm in three of those. This is uh, right off the cuff. So outside of the guests, when I hit the airwaves at 6 o'clock in the morning, now Bernie does prepare more. He's got cuts. He knows exactly what he's going to talk about. 
for me, it's more off the cuff. It's more lifestyle discussion. It's more my wife, my kids, what movie I watched, what restaurant I went to. So very little is actually prepared the night before. It's I get into the studio and I just let her rip. And what to me, time do you that, go to bed at night? What time do you go to bed at night? After I have sex, uh, probably about nine. What kind of sex? You mean, <laughs> really? You you go to bed very quickly. I mean, let's get over that. Oh. <laughs> okay. What percentage of your four? Okay. Where where, where am I? I'm, you're getting me all confused. A- enemies, enemies, enemies. Do you have any types out there who want to be you and are jealous? I mean, I guess so. Well, I mean, I, I, I hate to think that's the case, but to be honest, of course that's the case. And I'll tell you something else, Cindy. The worst part is that probably a bunch of them at our own station, they don't reveal themselves all the time, and they, they smile in your face. You remember that song by the, the OJ's Backstabbers? That was a great song. They smile in your face, and they put the knife right in your back. So uh, this, this business especially, and no one knows better than you, people are just so awful. Yeah, I know. jealous, I know. envious. I know. You have, know? <laughs> have, have you ever, well, like like now, so to, have you ever hurt anyone and then had to apologize, really? Well, I mean, I, I, I've set things on the air. Like, for example, the, the example I gave you earlier, the Williams sisters, I had to yeah, apologize okay. on the air. But okay. no, in fact, in fact, I'm the other extreme. I go out of my way to help people in the business, oh, even please. though I know. Your story has touched my heart. I'm getting nauseous with this. <laughs> Who's been your lousy, other than me? Who's been your lousiest guest? My lousiest guest? Yeah. Uh, my lousiest guest ever. That is that is a uh, hard call. I, I I don't really have any lousy guests because if they come on once and they suck, I don't put them back. So I don't really have any lousy guests. Some are better than others. You specifically are, are amazing, but I don't have any lousy guests. You're not going to get me in a fight here, Cindy. Forget about it, sweetheart. It ain't going to happen. Oh, you you know you what? What do I need you for? I could have an, a a singer on. I'm a singer. Listen, I, I am I am a I am a mother lover and I never loved anyone in the whole world like I loved my mother. Tell me about yours. You you have her you've had her on the show, have you not? Oh my god, I can't believe you brought my mom up. I love you to pieces, Cindy Adams. I, I love my mother desperately. Right I love my mother oh, desperately. So do I. And I love my father too. And I was very close to my dad and he died two summers ago. In fact, my new book which comes out this August, Citizens United. A lot of that book is actually about the relationship I had with my father and how that's transformed my relationship with my own son, Gabriel, who turned uh, 14 years old this year. But in terms of my mom, yes, I just had her on the other day, International Women's Day. She was on that day. She comes on about once a month, and uh, she's a rip-roar. She's like you, great sense of humor, really smart, very opinionated, hates Joe Biden, uh, Mrs. Donald Trump, and loves to be on the air with her son. And when she comes on, I have to tell you, my phone does not stop ringing. In fact, John and Margot Katsimatidis, they love Naomi Rosenberg. So I do love my mother desperately. I miss my father, and she is on the show at least once a month, and she's great. Okay. I have now been bored with you for a long time. I've had enough. I want you to hang up and never speak to me again. Okay? Are we set? Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sid. I love you. Thank you, honey. Cindy, Thanks. I love you more, sweetheart. Thank you, okay. sweetie. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. 
Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.